the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. China tries to stop Speaker Pelosi from visiting Taiwan by vowing strong measures. So really what we have is Xi Jinping looking at the disarray in Washington. Prominent Democrats stage an abortion protest outside the Supreme Court. The U.S. House votes to enshrine same-sex marriage into law with help from 47 Republicans. Less than four months before an election, and all Democrats can do is stoke unfounded fears. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, July 20th. I'm Mike Scott. Russian President Vladimir Putin arrived in Iran Tuesday for his first international trip beyond the borders of the former Soviet Union since launching his invasion of Ukraine, which effectively ruptured ties with the West. Meanwhile, according to U.S. intelligence, Russia is laying the groundwork to annex Ukrainian territory that it controls in violation of that country's sovereignty. John Kirby, coordinator for strategic communications, says that U.S. intel has revealed Russia's plans for annexation. We'll let you know that we have information today, including from downgraded intelligence that we're able to share with you about how Russia is laying the groundwork to annex Ukrainian territory that it controls in direct violation of Ukraine's sovereignty. We're seeing ample evidence in the intelligence and in the public domain that Russia intends to try to annex additional Ukrainian territory. Russia is beginning to roll out a version of what you could call an annexation playbook, very similar to the one we saw in 2014. Already, Russia is installing illegitimate proxy officials in the areas of Ukraine that are under its control. And we know their next moves. First, these proxy officials will arrange sham referenda on joining Russia. Then, Russia will use those sham referenda as a basis to try to claim annexation of sovereign Ukrainian territory. Kirby goes on to say that the White House is preparing to send more military aid to Ukraine. The Kremlin has not disclosed a timeline for the referenda, but Russian proxies in these territories claim they will take place later this year, possibly in conjunction with Russia's September regional elections. So what are the implications? At the start of the year, Russia told the world that it was not planning to invade Ukraine, and now we're expected to believe that they're not going to plan to annex Ukrainian territory. Annexation by force would be a gross violation of the U.N. Charter, and we will not allow it to go unchallenged or unpunished. We will continue to provide Ukraine with historic levels of security assistance. Later this week, the administration will announce the next presidential drawdown package of weapons and equipment for Ukraine. It will be the 16th such drawdown to support Ukraine since the president took office. According to NK Times, a Seoul-based website, North Korean workers could help rebuild the war-shattered infrastructure in Ukraine's east in the self-proclaimed People's Republics in Donetsk and Luhansk. 
NBC's Richard Engel reports that the annexation is a serious escalation step. This is not just a symbolic step. When other countries, the United States, invaded Iraq, it was not to take Iraq forever and make it part of the United States. This is what Russia is doing. It is fighting a war of occupation and annexation. So by taking this territory, annexing it, making it part of Russia, Russia will say then that any attack on the territory that it controls inside Ukrainian territory is like an attack on Moscow. So it is putting down another gauntlet, so to speak, to the U.S. to supply weapons to Ukraine, saying if those weapons that the United States is giving to Ukraine right now hit territory inside Ukraine, from Russia's perspective, it will be like it is attacking Moscow, it is attacking the center of the country. So it is a big escalatory step. Engel also says that Russia's trip to Iran is to try and show that Russia does not stand alone. It comes Right as Vladimir Putin is trying to show that he has friends. He was in Iran uh, making a very, very rare trip outside of the country because he wants drones and he wants to show that he is not as isolated as, as we think he is. Clifford May, the president of Defense of Democracies and host of Foreign Policy, joins the Salem Radio Network to discuss what he believes are the next steps in Ukraine. Look, there are three possibilities, right? That one is lovely if, if, if Zelensky can push the Russians out, at least out of uh, out of everywhere. He's not, not Crimea. That's not going to happen. Another possibility is that he gets overtaken and there's no such thing as Ukraine 10 years from now. Another possibility, and this is a, not an unlikely possibility, is it's, it's somewhere in between. In the first, look, this Korean War was the first war of the Cold War, the first armed conflict of the Cold War. It never ended, actually, right? We didn't win. The North Koreans didn't entirely win. We split the peninsula in half. They split the baby in half, and that's one of the reasons we're still there. Uh, Kim Jong-un, the dynastic dictator, third and third generation, he still wants to take over the whole country and will do so, would, will do so if he has that possibility. He has developed nuclear weapons and increasingly sophisticated m- missiles that can deliver them, including to the U.S., while we have not been developing effective uh, missile defense systems. That's not over. May also says there's no guarantee either way to determine if Russia or Ukraine will win the war. I think is a, at least a possibility that the same thing happens here. The eastern part of Ukraine stays in Russian hands. The question is what happens to the south. If Putin can make Ukraine into a landlocked country, that's a, that's a way to end, end, end its existence over time. He hasn't succeeded in that yet, but he's got a, a big portion of the southern coast. He doesn't have Odessa, very important port hard for him to take but we don't know so we don't so I, I can guess how this ends but amy we we do not know how this ends there's no guarantee either way china will take resolute and strong measures should the speaker of the u.s house of representatives nancy pelosi proceed with reported plans to visit taiwan according to the chinese foreign ministry Yahoo Finance's Julie Hyman looks inside the strongly worded statement from China. U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's rescheduled trip to Taiwan is eliciting a warning from China. Foreign Ministry spokesman Zhao Lijian said China firmly opposes this as it will have a grave impact on the political foundation of bilateral relations. 
The Financial Times had earlier reported Pelosi was planning to lead a delegation to Taipei after canceling an April trip when she contracted COVID-19. Pelosi would be the first sitting U.S. speaker to visit Taiwan since Newt Gingrich in 1997. Gordon Chang, the author of The Coming Collapse of China, joined Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson. It says that China doesn't believe the U.S. is a deterrent for its ambitions toward Taiwan. Uh, right now, China's putting more and more military pressure on Taiwan with these flights through Taiwan's air defense identification zone and also flying on the eastern side of the median line, which runs down the Taiwan Strait. The, the problem here is uh, not that the military balance power is changing, although it is. What has really changed is China's assessment of the West and America in particular. Um, the United States really is no longer deterring China. They look at the Biden administration and believes that it will not defend its friends and allies. And this is a result of the failure of deterrence with regard to Ukraine. So really what we have is Xi Jinping looking at the disarray in Washington and therefore deciding that um, now's, the now's the time for him to take advantage of that situation, which of course won't last forever because eventually the American people um, are going to find a better president. Chang also says that Xi Jinping, the president of China, may not seem as aggressive as Vladimir Putin on the surface, but he may be more dangerous. Um, Putin is much more aggressive than Xi Jinping is, at least on the surface. Xi Jinping prefers to sort of um, do his killing, uh, let's say, in a way which isn't so obvious. So, for instance, Xi Jinping um, took decisions in 2020, early 2020, to deliberately spread the coronavirus beyond China's borders. That's about 6.3, 6.4 million people killed, much bigger than the toll in Ukraine. But it's done in a way that um, people don't assign um, responsibility and blame to China, whereas obviously the world blames Putin for Ukraine. Multiple members of the Progressive Caucus of Congress, including Representatives Ilan Omar and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, were arrested by Capitol Police Tuesday afternoon outside the Supreme Court in an abortion rights protest. In a tweet, Omar remained defiant, saying, quote, Today I was arrested while participating in a civil disobedience action with my fellow members of Congress outside the court. I will continue to do everything in my power to raise the alarm about the assault on our reproductive rights, end quote. Abortion rights protests outside the court building have been frequent ever since a draft of the opinion in Dobbs v. Jackson leaked. The final opinion, released in June, overturned Roe v. Wade, reversing the high court's previously held position that abortion was a constitutional right. David Harsani, senior editor at The Federalist, joined the Salem Radio Network and says that, in his opinion, abortion will not be the issue many think it will be in the midterms because the overturning of Roe doesn't change much for many people. Um, I think because Roe v. Wade was decided, a lot of pro-choice people could simply say, listen, this is a this is a right and we don't really have to discuss this. So I think that they've sort of stopped 
for the most part, arguing about abortion itself, you know, the, the, the scientific aspect of it, the moral aspect of it and so on. And I think it shows somewhat in their in their the, the rust shows somewhat in their in their arguments uh, once it was overturned. I don't think that it's been it's going to be the, the the issue they believe it is for midterms now or maybe even the next presidential election, simply because I don't think it changes for most people. Harsani goes on to say that the debate on abortion, while it may look hopeless now, will become more civil with the overturning of Roe. I don't think the debate's going to get better everywhere. Obviously, there are always going to be extremes and people are always going to get very emotional about this. But I do think that if we're talking about uh, viability, for instance, you know, which which has been the cutoff point, it's supposed to be the cutoff point for Roe, that to me is is moving in the right direction, at least. And I'm not going to pretend my, my my hope is that abortion becomes, you know, there are fewer of them. Uh, that there are none after viability, viability unless they're saving the mother's life, and then even fewer before, and that it's a stigmatized thing to do. That's just my opinion. I think it's pretty barbaric that we allow 10,000 probably children who are near viability or viable to be aborted every year. Um, yeah. But I think if we're talking about the science, and by the way, viability keeps getting earlier and earlier. You know, the, the science is going to to get better. The way we view ch- uh, fetuses is going to become more sharper and more human in many ways. So I think that if that's what the debate is about, that's great. And I think you will see that happening in the in the middle, right? In, in, meaning in the political middle. The ruling has prompted significant backlash against the high court and attacks on the offices of pro-life groups around the country. The House overwhelmingly approved legislation Tuesday to protect same-sex and interracial marriages amid some concerns that the Supreme Court ruling overturning Roe v. Wade could jeopardize other rights. The vote was 267 to 157, with dozens of Republicans joining Democrats for passage. While the Respect for Marriage Act was expected to pass the House with a Democrat majority there, it is almost certain to stall in the evenly split Senate, where most Republicans and a few Democrats will likely join a filibuster to block it. In remarks on the House floor, Nancy Pelosi said the government should not interfere with people in love. This bill makes crystal clear that every couple and their children has the fundamental freedom to take pride in their marriage and have their marriage respected under the law. Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan says Democrats want the nation to believe the Supreme Court is on the verge of overturning its previous rulings, legalizing same-sex and interracial marriage. We are here for a charade. We are here for political messaging. Democrats can't run run on their disastrous record. They can't run on any accomplishments less than four months before an election. And all Democrats can do is stoke unfounded fears. Texas Congresswoman Sylvia Garcia says Republicans have no right to tell same-sex or interracial couples that they cannot marry. Marrying the person you love is not abnormal. It's frankly none of your business. Abnormal is your obsession with what other people do in their private lives and in their homes. Love is love. Louisiana Congressman Mike Johnson said the Supreme Court majority in the abortion ruling case was clear that it did not apply to other rights. And to ensure that our decision is not misunderstood or mischaracterized, we emphasize that our decision concerns the constitutional right to abortion 
and no other right. The Respect for Marriage Act is one of several bills, including those enshrining abortion access that Democrats are proposing to confront the court's conservative majority. Another bill guaranteeing access to contraceptive services is set for a vote later this week. The German government says its biggest importer of Russian gas had received a letter from Russia's government-controlled energy giant Gazprom, claiming events beyond its control as the reason for past and current shortfalls in gas deliveries. Gazprom reduced gas deliveries through the Nord Stream 1 pipeline to Germany by 60% last month. The state-owned gas company cited alleged technical problems involving equipment sent to Canada for overhaul and couldn't be returned because of sanctions imposed over Russia's invasion of Ukraine. European Commission spokesman Eric Mamer says the bloc is facing up to major issues regarding Russian natural gas. Let's not split hairs in four here. Uh, we are working on uh, the uh, worst possible scenario. And that scenario, an assumption, therefore, is that uh, uh, Gazprom would uh, no longer deliver any gas, um, any gas to Europe. Mamer says officials are bracing for the possibility of a complete Russian cutoff of natural gas. What is the worst possible scenario? It is that... Uh, and this therefore has to be our assumption based on our plan for our planning that there will be a full disruption um, by, by gas pump. Some Christmas in July news. Toys R Us is making a comeback. Daybreak Insider's Tasha Stevens has more on a company that simply doesn't want to grow up. Toys R Us is making a Christmas comeback with the help of Macy's. Macy says the toy store brand will be in all of its locations this Christmas shopping season. Toys R Us closed all of its stores in 2018 due to bankruptcy. The plan is for some locations to begin opening later this month. Tasha Stevens reporting. The surf is up, way up in Hawaii. High waves hit Hawaiian coastline communities, resulting in flooding and disruption, including a wedding party as seawater also entered homes and businesses inland. Daybreak Insider's Keith Peters has more on the historic high seas. And it's all because of the remnants of Hurricane Darby. The surf has been so high it has crashed into homes and in one case broke up a wedding party. The Hawaii Department of Land and Natural Resources on Sunday confirmed that a 25-foot wave face was reported by the department's Division of Conservation and Resources Enforcement. Some businesses and homes were flooded as well. Keith Peters reporting. And finally, Juan Soto went to the home run derby at Dodger Stadium and showed why he almost certainly can't lose. Soto won the Derby for the first time Monday night, holding off Mariners rookie Julio Rodriguez in the final. Soto hit a 482-foot blast to right center while beating Cleveland's Jose Ramirez 18-17 in the first round. The Nationals outfielder says winning the home run Derby is an accomplishment he'll always remember. It feels great. (laughs) It's another another thing that I add, like you say, to my trophy case and 
I'm going to have it there forever, and I will be a home run derby champion forever. Meantime, future Hall of Famer Clayton Kershaw started the All-Star game for the first time in his career. Opposite him was Ray's second-year Southpaw Shane McClanahan, who is a Cy Young contender. By the end of the night, the American League pulled out another win in the Midsummer Classic. With a 3-2 victory over the Nationals, making it their ninth straight victory in the mid-season showcase. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.